Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the director of Faith Formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego. And I'm Maya Little-Sonia, and I'm the youth minister. I'm Jackie Pippin, and I'm the digital resource curator. Jackie, how's Japan today? It is cold. <laughs> <laughs> It started, you guys. Winter's coming. Yeah. Uh, and my evening job, where I where I teach, last night I broke out my winter jacket yeah, because you know the heat the heat isn't working. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Well, thanks everybody for it's tuning here. in again this week. Uh, we're about to get into the gospel readings for this Sunday, which we'll discuss in one moment as we get into the. Uh, Primer for your Faith to Go discussions using the Faith to Go resources. But like every week, we like to start with our silly opening segment, uh, something we like to call George Pan Venn Diagram, which is where we've combined uh, our original Japan fun fact segment with our more recent fun facts about George Tremaine, who was my three-month-old son, where we try to find similarities between fun facts about Japan and fun facts about George. So, uh, Jackie, I believe, has the Japan fun fact for today. Yes, I do. Like the United States, Japan does not have an official language. Really? Wow. Yes. But it's so obviously they speak Japanese everywhere, and Japanese is on all of the publications, but there is no official language no law dictated by the government. Mm -hmm. Well, interesting you should say that, because <laughs> George is uh, three and a half months old, and he does also does not have an official language. He's alingual. <laughs> he, <laughs> he makes a lot of sounds, uh, does a lot of crying. Me too. And is starting to make like, you know, like baby noises, like cooing. cooing, but technically has no official recognized language. By the government. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the government. <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting all thumbs up from the judges. They look very happy about this one. So uh, that's a win for everyone. Everyone. And again, everybody at home gets 12 square watermelons. No, those are expensive. Yeah, so you keep promising things. Those are expensive. On, yeah. Take care of those. That's nine hundred and sixty dollars worth of watermelon. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> approximately. All right. So, thanks everybody for tuning in for our George Pan Venn diagram for this week. And now we're going to get into the gospel. And actually, we're going to get into two gospels. Mm. What? Because as we record this uh, on November Thursday, November first, first to be posted. On Sunday, second. November, <laughs> it's the second for Jackie because she's a day ahead, um, to be posted on Sunday, uh, November 4th, um, we are in between All Saints Day and Proper 26. So if you were just going by the proper schedule for Sunday readings, this Sunday, November 4th, would be Proper 26, and today on All Saints Day which is one of the major feasts of the church year, uh, there are also appointed gospel readings for All Saints Day. Oh. And so <clears throat> if you have a special uh, Eucharist at your church on November 1st, on All Saints Day, then you'll hear this the gospel reading from the Gospel of John about the raising of Lazarus. 
But if you – and then on Sunday, uh, you'll hear proper 26, which is from Mark. But if you are in a church that does not celebrate the feast on the day but moves it to the closest Sunday, which happens a lot, especially for All Saints Day. And we do that. Then you won't hear proper 26, which is from Mark. You will hear All Saints readings, so the Gospel of John. So just in case – just to cover all of our bases because we know that some people – that listen to the podcast may hear proper 26 readings for this Sunday, and some people may hear All Saints readings for this Sunday. We are going to read both gospel readings, highlight one point from each one, and then a point that ties that two together, that the two have in common, so that you'll get a little bit of a primer for both of them, um, and a little bit of better understanding for both. And then the Faith to Go uh, resources will all be based on the proper 26 readings. Um, and you can find all of those at www.myfaith2go.org, where you can also sign up for a weekly email to get all of those every Sunday morning uh, coming out when you're hearing those readings in church or at home. So I'm going to read the reading from John's Gospel, and then Jackie is going to highlight one point from that reading. Then Jackie's going to read the Gospel of Mark, and I'll highlight a point, and then Maya is going to tie it all together. Yeah, I will. In it with a beautiful bow. Whoa. I know. I mean. So, this is the reading for All Saints Day, which, if you celebrated Halloween last night, was All Hallows' Eve, a.k.a. All Saints' Eve. Uh So, the Eve of All Saints' Day. And tomorrow... Or if you're listening to this on Sunday or sometime next week, your past Friday, November 2nd, was All Souls Day. So All Hallows' Eve is the day before All Saints, which is Halloween. All Saints' Day is when we celebrate all of the people who have been venerated as saints, who have been canonized. And then All Souls is when we celebrate and remember all of the people who have died. Everyone. Ever. Right. So that day is Dia de los Muertos because it's remembering all of the dead. Mm-hmm. So, now you've got a little uh, taste of where we are in the church year. Uh, and so I'm going to read John eleven thirty-two to 44, the Gospel for All Saints Day. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping... And the Jews who came with her also weeping. He was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. 
The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. So, Jackie has one point to highlight for this Lazarus reading from John. Uh, my point today um, is Mary and Martha. Um, Mary and Martha are mad at Jesus. And I think that that's a great thing to talk about because there are many times in our lives where we feel frustrated with God and with Jesus and with what is happening in our lives. And I think it's important to talk about how um, there is also precedent in the Bible for that. And that that is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are these moments when we feel that God could have prevented something that is causing us pain yeah. and could have prevented something that it, that is deeply hurting us, like the death of Lazarus. And so what, like, what does God, what does God owe us? You know, is kind of that question today. Like what does God owe us in our lives and how do we, what does it mean to be in relationship with him when these things cause us pain? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a great, this is like, this is such a good reading to, that goes right at that theological question that we come back to over and over, which is how can a God who is good and loving allow suffering to happen in the world? Yes. And we see so much suffering now, so Mm. much violence and unimaginable violence, really. You know, especially with, um, especially with the with the capability of people to do su- such massive massive amounts of violence by themselves, mm-hmm. uh, like it's that question, what about Hitler? Like gun violence and and all these things, uh, like the shooting at the synagogue mm-hmm. this past weekend, and pipe bombs being sent out and things like that. And it's just like we are we Martha's words ring true today as they have for 2000 years and longer Mm -hmm. is uh lord if you had been here my brother would not have died you know Mm -hmm. and and that's what we say and i i think it's amazing to see if that's if that's the framework within which we're reading this story then we kind of see something of we can't really answer the question uh because there's so much that we can't know um and, but what we see is the way that God responds to suffering, the way that Jesus responds to suffering, which is to weep. Mm. Because, because Jesus' Jesus's response is not to say, okay, well, if, you know, if you're not going to appreciate me being here, then I'm going to go. <laughs> or um, I know when I'm not wanted. Yeah, getting frustrated. He is just he is genuinely suffering with her. And I can only imagine that God is suffering with us. What we don't see here is like a um, absolutely transcendent, uh, impassionate God. What we see is a God that is infused into humanity and in, in that infusion is being moved, deeply moved, like this says, deeply moved. So we have like a deeply moved mover. Right. And, and I love the point that 
like Mary and Martha are in relationship with God. Mm. And that just proves that our relationship with God doesn't need to be pretend or only happy or anything like that. Like we we can can welcome God. Mm -hmm. Yes. We can welcome God into any part of our lives. And that includes those moments when we are mad Mm -hmm. and we're mad at God and, and that's okay. We're allowed because we're in these full relationships with God. We are Mm -hmm. allowed to show those feelings and be honest about those things and let him in, in those points when we're here. And I think that ties into what David had said. Like, he's not some king that you always have to be praising all the time or else he gets mad, you know? He's, Mm -hmm. um, or out of touch and that you can only relate to him a certain way. It's like, no, you can, you're allowed to be mad and Mm -hmm. frustrated and he'll love you anyway. Mm -hmm. And also how the people said, see how he loved him. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's why he's suffering. Mm -hmm. So that kind of goes to what I wanted to say. So Jackie's going to read the gospel from Mark, and then I'm going to highlight one thing from it. Uh, Mark 12, 28 through 34. One of the scribes came near and heard the Sadducees disputing with one another, and seeing that Jesus answered them well, he asked them, which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, the first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the teacher, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one and besides him there is no other. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than all who burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared ask him any questions. Drop the mic. No one dared ask him any questions. Um, Okay, so I, I like, I really love how this story ends. Uh, I love Jesus' response to the scribe. But I think it's significant who is asking this question and of Jesus and the way that this person responds. Because a scribe is like, a scribe wasn't just someone who wrote things down. They weren't like the note taker. They weren't like the person keeping the minutes. Right. You know, at meetings of the Pharisees or whatever. Um, it was like the, the one of the most educated people in the law and the prophets in the Jewish community that they were, yes, they could like read and write, but they were, because they could do that, they were also really well studied in the commandments, in the Torah, in the whole Hebrew, all the, all of the Hebrew scriptures. And I love that because this is well, we can think, we can think of this person as like a really academic um, person like really, in, really into intellectualizing this, their faith, in a way. Mm-hmm. So this guy approaches Jesus, um, and he asks Jesus, "Which is the f- which commandment is the first of all?" It doesn't seem like he's trying to trick him, like is often happening with the Pharisees, right? But he's genuinely asking, and Jesus 
uh, tells him, gives him two commandments. One is from Deuteronomy 6, which is called the Shema, which is Hebrew for hear. Hear, O Lord, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is from Leviticus 19. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, that there should be no strife among you, no, no resentments between you. Uh, and there is no other command, commandment greater than these. And the scribe says, you are right. <laughs> so nice of him to recognize. <laughs> Teacher, you have truly said that. And then he quotes, he's quoting back to Jesus. He is one and besides him there is no other. And, another quote, to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. I just, I love Jesus because Jesus says back to him, uh, Jesus saw that he had answered wisely. Very, obviously, like, very well informed. Mm-hmm. He says to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. But he doesn't say to him, <laughs> you have got it. It's like nope. after it's it's like Jesus is recognizing where this person is. They are like really clearly they're smart. They're asking the right questions. They're they're intellectually understanding it. But that's not the whole journey. Like that's not the whole thing. If it was all just about getting it, then then Jesus wouldn't be asking people to follow him all the time. He'd just be asking people to understand him. And so he says, you are not far off from the kingdom of God. And I, my guess is because it's like getting it, understanding it, like f- believing it is a, a really good step, maybe the first step. But Jesus is really asking people to embody something, to like incarnate a journey with him, to follow him. And actually living it out, that's, you can't think your way into the kingdom of God. You, like, live your way into the kingdom of God through relationship. You experience your way into the kingdom of God. And when what actually it is, is ex- you, can, you can only be present enough to realize that you are already living in the kingdom of God when you are present and active and uh, experiencing life and not thinking your experiences, but actually experiencing it. Mm-hmm. So well, and, and I think that that goes to, you know, he uh, he quotes all of these things from Jesus, but then he says, uh, "This is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices." And I and I think that that's a testament to, I mean, we have said on this podcast that church is important and going to church and the and being able to center ourselves after a week and it's important. But it's also important how we act outside of, outside of church. Mm-hmm. Like it's different to know everything that we need to do and to know that we should love our neighbor, but it is very different to go out into our neighborhood and still choose to love mm-hmm. them. Um, it's so and, hard and, to do. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, it is so saying hard. Saying the word to do. is so, it's, it's like the, it's like the epitome of easier said than done. It's like so yes. challenging epitome. and yeah. difficult. Absolutely. Yes. And so, you know, how do we actually go and do outside of these church walls? Mm -hmm. So kind of leading into that, um, I will be offering somewhat of an intersection between the two stories for the All Saints readings in John. 
and the proper 26 readings in Mark, reading in Mark. Um, you know, when we do those actions that we're talking about, and we live, we don't think about what it means to love our neighbor and to love God. Um, we actually do it with all of our strength and all of our heart. What that looks like, I think, ultimately, not ultimately, but in part is also, I mean, ultimately, I suppose, is what Jesus went through with Lazarus. Because when you love someone, you want nothing but the best for them, right? And you want them to be happy, and you want them to prosper, and you want them to feel fulfilled. You want them to live. And by live, it means, of course, physical living and breathing, but like thriving. And so we know that humanity isn't always like the best doesn't always happen to us <laughs> or like when, and so when you love your neighbor, when you love people who are suffering, not just people who are suffering, but just everyone all the time, which I guess everyone is suffering to a certain degree. But if you, what that looks like is basically what Jesus did where he wept and he was crying. Cause they said, look how he loved him because when you love people and we know the case that humans suffer and so when you love humans man it's sad <laughs> yeah well i think that we are there's i know i felt in my life a tendency to like intellectualize and think 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 my relationships instead of actually like being in them and living them and it's like mm. i can think of I can, like, intellectualize, love your neighbor as yourself. Like, I can think mm-hmm. it. But it's, like, a whole different thing to actually do it. And Jesus is showing us what it looks like to do it. And it's really messy. It That's involves what it is. frustration messy. and anger and resentment and sadness and weeping. Not like I, I sending promise. Sending thoughts and prayers. Sending thoughts and prayers, yeah. But, like, deeply feeling the pain of suffering of another person. That is what loving your neighbor looks like. So, we have three points. Mm-hmm. We did it, you guys. Did we? <laughs> yeah. 52 weeks in a row. Oh, it's like a year. Um, actually, I don't know if those early episodes had three points. Some number of weeks in a row. Anyway. They did it. It was, cause uh, it was based on the resources. I know. Okay, so our three points are... Number one, from the Gospel of John for All Saints Day, um, the, the way that we can, um, this issue of suffering and the way that we can interact with God in our pain and suffering and frustration, that it's not just about um, saying, oh, don't worry, God has a plan, and not saying, well, everything's happening for a reason, but being mad and being okay being mad. And being okay sitting in the discomfort of not knowing why, um, but knowing that God is there with us in our suffering. Um, the next one is from was from Mark, which is the Gospel for Proper 26. And that was about not intellectualizing our experience of the world and of people and of relationship and of the kingdom of God, but f- physically, emotionally, spiritually experiencing it and being in relationship and experiencing uh, the world and the kingdom of God right now and here and being present to do that. And then the third point, which was tying them all together, was how Jesus shows us what it looks like to love your neighbor as yourself. And it is to be able to engage and be with people in their suffering, to be with ourselves in our own suffering and to not 
intellectualize that and to not run away from it, but to mm -hmm. be there and to be present. So um, we're not going to read all these again like we usually do. <laughs> you heard us. <laughs> like um, the timestamp's somewhere there. I don't know. That's our podcast for this week. Make sure you go check out all of those Faith to Go resources at www.myfaithtogo.org where you can also sign up to receive our weekly email that comes out every Sunday that includes all of those uh, resources for those different age groups. Um, follow us on Instagram at faith to go uh, Send us any questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussions to faith to go at stpaulcathedral.org. And um, make sure to go and rate and review this podcast so other people can find it that are looking for it. Mm -hmm. We'll be back with Proper 27 next week, getting dangerously close to the new liturgical year. Are we dreading it? The new year of reading. <laughs> new year, new scene. Yeah. But until then, goodbye, everyone. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>